The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. Good morning. Again, my name is Kevin Wilsey. I'm the Minister of Discipleship and Operations here. If you are a child, first through third grade, you can be dismissed to your, to your class. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Hello to everyone in the Annex service as well. I'm glad, glad you are here. Um, scripture warns us of false teachers. Moses warns, if a prophet or someone who has dreams arises among you and proclaims a sign or wonder to you, and that sign or wonder he has promised you comes about, but he says, let us follow other gods, which you have not known, and let us worship them. Do not listen to that prophet's words or to that dreamer. Jesus exclaims, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Paul said, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Peter warns, but false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Jude warns, for certain, people have, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. John, he warns us, so now many antichrists have come. So we see that Moses, Paul, Peter, Jude, John, and Jesus all warn us of false prophets. Throughout scripture, we see that we are warned of false teachers, deceivers, and spirits that are here to deceive us. And we come to 1 John 4, 1 through 6. And we're reminded again of these false teachers. And as we saw in chapter 2, that it's the last hour and that many of these teachers are already in the world. That they, they have the spirit of the Antichrist and they're among us. They're within the world today. And they do not confess and believe that Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh. And we're going to lay that out. We're going to see three tests, three questions to, to ask yourself on how can, you, how can you see if a teacher is a false teacher or is he truly teaching the word of God? Does he truly have the Holy Spirit within him? Within him? And these false teachers, they don't believe the truths of scripture. They don't love one another. They don't truly love the church but they only care about their own passions and their own desires. And this is the complete opposite. This is the antithesis of the gospel and of a Christian. And as Tracy said last week, there's three results of of an authentic believer. An authentic believer believes in Jesus Christ. He loves others and he lives A life, a holy life according to God's word. So we see this over and over in 1 John. He seems to just repeat himself. You need to love God, 
love others and love God's word. That's what makes you an authentic believer. John, John is assuring Christians of their faith in Christ. John, he's writing to the church because they are facing false teachers who, who came from the church, but they're not of the church. They did not believe the same things of the church, and they're trying to deceive those within the church. They're trying to convince people in the church of this new knowledge that they have, this new way to get to God. And John reassuring the believers is, is very straightforward throughout all of 1 John. And he shared, you are, either, you are either walking in the light or you're walking in darkness. You are either loving your brother or you're hating your brother. You are either from God or you're not from God. Very straightforward, very black and white. And here in chapter 4, John, he continues to show us who is from God and who is not from God. Look at verse 1 with me. Chapter 4, verse 1. <coughs> Excuse me. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So John, he exhorts the believers when it comes to their faith, when it comes to the messages that they are hearing, that they must test what spirit is that coming from. They must test the teachers, the preachers, their friends, their family members, the books they read, the seminars they go to. To not believe every spirit, but test them to see if they are truly from God. We as believers, we must discern this message. We must discern the message that is taught to us. The message that we are believing. And we must discern if that message is being taught. The message that is being taught is either true or false. Truth or error. In John, he shows us that there are two types of spirits in, in that first verse. There's the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit from God. And then there's spirits that are not from God. And they're actually from the Antichrist. They're actually from Satan. And the spirit of the Antichrist, they, they belong to the family of those who rebel against the Holy One. They rebel against the true God and they're trying to deceive people away um, from Jesus as being the Christ. So the difference here between the two spirits is actually a question of claims which were made by John's opponents, which were made by the false teachers. And they claim that their teaching rested on inspiration by the spirit. But we must test by what spirit their inspiration rests. Is it from the spirit of God? Is it from the Holy Spirit? Or is it from the spirits of the Antichrist? These false doctrines. What, where does their teaching come from? Is it from God or is it not from God? In today's cultures, there are many beliefs out there that, that may seem fine at first. It may be even convincing but they are truly, um, at their core of their beliefs, just dark. And they're erroneous. They're not truth. 
And we as believers, we, we can't afford for our brothers and sisters, for those sitting next to you today to be taken away, to be led astray by this false teaching. And we can't afford a lack of wisdom about spiritual teaching. We can't. It is hurting the church on, the, on a daily basis. And all teaching must be tested. Entering college as a, as a Christian, as a, as a young believer, young in my faith, I, I started to read and I started to study God's word. Um, and shortly thereafter, um, two men would come to my home, uh, knock on the door, and they would want to talk to my roommates and I just about our faith, about um, Jesus and about the Bible. And so we opened our door to them. We allowed them in our home and we would sit in our living room and we would just have long discussions, probably hour, hour and a half. Um, and then they would leave and they would come back next week and the week after and the week after. Um, and we would just talk to them about their faith in Jesus and about the Bible. And they shared with me over and over that Jesus is God's son, that Jesus is the way to salvation. And they read and they quoted passages uh, of scripture to me. And they knew the Bible better than I knew the Bible. However, as we continued to talk, as they kept mentioning little things that, that just didn't seem right, like there was something else there, I just started to wonder, are they truly believers? Are they truly Christians? But I was stumped because they were saying and quoting scripture. I was stumped because their presentation was very convincing. But as we continued to talk, I actually found out that they held a different book at a higher authority than God's word. That they thought that Jesus and God were gods, but they weren't the God. And that Jesus and God came in the flesh and the bone. They had flesh and they had bones. And because I have flesh and because I have bones, I can actually become a God. It blew my mind as I, as I learned that. And that they believed that everyone is going to be saved. That depending on what you do and what you believe here on earth will depend on what level of heaven you will go to. And as I recalled that time in my life, as I recalled those guys coming to my home and talking to them about faith and about the Bible. This week I went to their website and it's very obvious that they believe that they are Christian. It's obvious on their website that they say that they believe in the same God as we do. But the fact is, it's not true. And it took a little more digging on their website to actually find that out. You see, it's deceptive and it's deceiving and it's deceiving many people on a daily basis. There's false teaching and false teachers out there. There's false doctrine in the world today. And you see, anti-Christian teaching is not necessarily an open denial of Christ. But for some, it's actually, um, it's actually a misrepresentation of Christ. 
adding or detracting something from him, something from the truth that is the word of God. And today there's, there's many deceivers in the world, many false teachers that we must test because, if, because they deny or misrepresent the divinity of Christ. And if we do not test them, if we lack discernment, then it opens up the doors for false teaching and it provides an opportunity for Satan to invade the church. And that is his plan. That is his goal. That is what he wants. He wants us as believers to walk away from Christ. Then he thinks he wins. He thinks he wins in that. So we must test every teaching. So the question ends up being, how do we test such people? How do we test such false teachers? How do we discern the truth from error? And how do we determine the spirit's source and quality? John, he simply lays out a test, um, the most important test you will ever take in your life. And it's three questions. And you need to take this test on a daily basis. It needs to be a test that you take consistently. And the three questions to, to test and discern the spirits, do they confess Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh? Do they possess the Holy Spirit? Do they profess the word of God? So question number one, do they confess Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh? Look with me, 1 John 4, verses 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So how do we know if the spirit they are teaching from, the spirit they are inspired by, is the spirit of God? You ask, do they confess Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh? And this, this question, it tests both um, their confession and their Christological view. So when you ask this question, you need to consider those two aspects. You need to consider the confessional aspect and the Christological aspect. What a person believes and what a person believes about Jesus. If you notice in verse 2 or 3, John, he kind of splits it up into two statements. So the first statement being, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And the second statement, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So there's something omitted in the second statement that gives us an idea of what John means, what he is talking about. So what, what's omitted? It could be a word or it's a phrase, technically. But what is omitted? Yeah, yeah. The phrase, Christ has come in the flesh, is omitted in that second statement. I think John, he did this because the focus for John is who do people say Jesus is? What do they claim about Jesus? The focus is the truth about Jesus. John, he's dealing with many false teachers, all claiming many different things. But the most important is their belief about Jesus, their Christological view. 
Some, some claim that Jesus received the Spirit at his baptism, but then the Spirit actually left him before the crucifixion. So that, that Jesus was actually only human. He wasn't, he wasn't God. He was only human. And then others, others claim that the, the Spirit came to earth and just appeared to be man. So he wasn't fully human. And I like how John Stott, John Stott puts it to summarize this. He says, the bottom line is that they denied the genuine reality of the incarnation. The incarnation, that Jesus was God in the flesh. And they denied the wedding of the deity and the humanity, the coming together in Jesus of his deity and his humanity in the person of Jesus. See, these these false teachers, they denied who Jesus was and is, and they did not believe that he was the Christ. So some of you may be thinking too, well, didn't... didn't, um, Sorry, lost my train of thought. Didn't the demons know that Jesus, who Jesus was? And I asked that to myself. And even the demons had better theology than this, than these false teachers here. We see in Mark 1 and 5 that the demons knew that Jesus was the Holy One of God and that Jesus was the Son of the Most High God. But though they knew him, they didn't confess him. They didn't acknowledge him. They did not acknowledge of Jesus as the Christ. So looking at the word confession and looking at the word acknowledgement, I think Westcott, he he says it best. Acknowledgement is meant not merely as recognition of his identity. It's not just saying who Jesus is, but it's actually a profession of faith in him, openly and boldly as the incarnate Lord. So if a person denies and does not acknowledge the incarnation that Jesus is the Christ who came and lived in the flesh, then their spirit of inspiration is not from God. But it's from the Antichrist. And we will know that they do not teach the truth, but they are teaching error. However, on the other hand, on the the first statement, the spirit of God always honors the son of God. So if someone confesses and acknowledges, so lives as Jesus lives as Jesus is the Christ and Lord of their life, if they profess in faith openly and boldly that Jesus is the Christ, that he's God came in the flesh, he's God incarnate, then they are from God. And they're teaching from the spirit of God. If you, in the book of John, John, he, he, he asks this question. He answers the question, who is Jesus? And so I'm going to spend a little bit of time in John 1. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to, to John 1. And if you haven't read the book of John, I recommend doing so. But this is extremely important. I love how John puts this first. John 1, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to skip down to 9, and I'm going to read 9 through 18. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, 
And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word was in the beginning. The word was with God. The word was God. And in the word is life. And then this life is the light of men. And then come down to to verse 9. The true light which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. It's the light of man is coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. He was there in the beginning. He created the world. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, Who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh, the word is the son from the father, who's full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth, so the the grace and truth that comes from the Son, the Son from the Father, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we see the connection. Jesus Christ is the son of the father who was the word who became flesh, who is the light of man, who was and is, who was with God, who is God, who was there in the beginning, who created us, who created the world. And he's at the father's side and he has made him known. So do you see the identification of both Jesus's humanity and his deity here? Jesus, he became flesh and he lived among us. And Jesus, he was with God at the beginning and he was God. And John 1 celebrates Jesus' deity and his humanity. And we see in, in John 4 and John, and John 1, whoever confesses this, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh is from God. So as we see, if, if you confess Jesus as a Christ, you are from God. But then there's also those in the world that don't confess Jesus as the Christ. And there's many different views of Jesus, but there's only one correct view. And that, that's right here in what we just read. And we learned in 1 John 2 that the word of God is truth. The word of God is truth. So we know that this is truth. If this is truth, this is telling me that Jesus is God. He came and lived among us. It shows us the humanity and the deity of Christ. And you have to test all the spirits. And you have to ask, who do they confess? Who do they believe Jesus is? The person of Christ is central. The person of Christ is of extreme importance. 
So before I ask you some questions, if you're still in John, flip over to John 3, 16 through 21. I love this because this is the grace and truth. This is the grace upon grace that John mentioned in first, in uh, John 1. This is the grace and truth of Jesus. John three sixteen through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in his name, believes in him, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. The light of men and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Who do you confess? Who do you believe Jesus is? Is he Lord of your life? What are you teaching others about Jesus? And this brings me to my, my second question. The second question to the test to dis- ask ourselves to discern truth from error. Do they possess the Holy Spirit? Look at verse 4. Little children. So what we just saw in John 1, whoever believed in his name has the right to become children of God. And John is addressing believers, little children. You are from God because you believe in his name. You believe that Jesus has come in the flesh, that he is the Christ. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. He's talking about false teachers. He's talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. He's talking about this false doctrine. You are from God and have overcome them. And this word, too, if you are wearing anything Nike, that's where Nike got um, their word from. So overcome, victorious. You can overcome. You can be victorious. Every time you put on something Nike, I want you to think of this verse. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I love this verse. It is a great memory verse. Memorize it. Little children, you are from God. You have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. John, he's addressing believers. You are from God. And every person who confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh has overcome false teachers, have overcome the spirit of the Antichrist. They overcome the evil one. Believers have overcome false teachers by rejecting their heretical teaching that denies that Jesus is not the Christ who came in the flesh. But the thing is, is we can't do this on our own. 
We can't overcome these false teachers on our own. We can't overcome this false doctrine on our own. Naturally, we're sinners. We're weak. We're fragile. We're quick to succumb to the ways of the world. We're quick to run to our flesh. But Jesus, he says in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Later in 1 John uh, 4, by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So as a believer of Jesus Christ, you've been anointed by the Holy Spirit. And God, he dwells within you. John, he is reiterating what he talked about in 1 John 2, 18 through 27. That the spirit abides in you and teaches you the truth. The spirit of God who indwells believers is far greater than the spirit of the Antichrist, which operates from false teachers in the world. The false teachers, they have not succeeded in their deception. And at the end, they are not going to succeed. They've actually already been defeated. I love how Daniel Aiken, he he sums this verse up. He says, the world is strong, but our God is infinitely stronger. False teachers are wise, but our God is infinitely wiser. Satan, he's great, but our God is infinitely greater. And get this, get this. The one who is infinitely stronger, the one who is infinitely wiser, the one who is infinitely greater, he indwells within believers. So if you confess that Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh, the spirit indwells in you. And you can overcome false teaching. See, the false teachers, they, they, claim, they claim to be from God. They claim that their, their source is from God. However, their source isn't from God. False teachers, they don't possess the Holy Spirit. If they don't claim that Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh, they don't possess the Holy Spirit. They're not stronger than God. And therefore, believers were able to be victorious over false teachers and false doctrines. And Jesus Christ at his crucifixion has defeated Satan. When he defeated death, he defeated Satan. We need to ask this question. We need to test if a teacher possesses the Holy Spirit. And you can, you can discern this by, by seeing the fruit that's in their lives. Do they have fruit? Do they teach the truths of Scripture? Do they confess that Jesus is the Christ? Do they love their brothers? Do they love the church? Do they walk in the light? Do they turn from their sin, repenting of it, asking for forgiveness? Are they fighting their sin? Do they obey the scripture? If the spirit lives in them, then they will live lives honoring to God. So do you see the fruits of the spirit in their lives? Do you see love? Do you see joy? 
Do you see peace? Do you see patience? Do you see kindness? Do you see goodness? Do you see faithfulness? Do you see gentleness? Do you see self-control? Do you see those in their lives? As you listen to teachers, as you listen to sermons, as you're going through your iPhone to pick a podcast to listen to that is going to teach you and encourage you in your faith, how are you discerning that message? What do you know about that person? I love the end of that verse of Galatians 5 that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Christ crucified the flesh. But then also, are you dying to yourself daily? Are you obeying Scripture? Do you see this in their lives? See, true teachers will live lives according to their acknowledgement of Jesus as the Christ and dwelt by the Spirit and obeying God's word. And you see, with the illumination of the Spirit, all false teaching, false doctrine, spirit of error is overcome. John Calvin, he states, unless the spirit of wisdom is present, there is little or no profit in having God's word in our hands. And it makes sense. If we don't have the spirit, how can we rightfully teach others, teach ourselves about God's word, about the truth? And that brings me to my third question. Do they profess the word of God? Look at verses five through six. They are from the world. Well, John, in chapter 2, 15 through 18, he describes the world to us. That the world is fading away. That those who love the world cannot love the Father. The world is full of those who, who desire the flesh, desire the eyes, have pride in their possessions. They are from the world. These false teachers are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. They don't speak from truth. But they speak from the world. They speak of the spirit of error. Who is the prince of the power of the world? The prince of the power of the air. Satan. Yeah. They speak from the world. And the world, it listens to them. You can't love the father and love the world. Verse 6. But he says, we are from God. Those who confess in Jesus Christ who came in the flesh is from God. Those who have the Holy Spirit are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. He's talking about the apostles. He's talking about his word. Whoever knows God is going to listen to his word. Whoever is not from God doesn't listen to his word. But he listens to the world. The Spirit, he enables you to confess that the Word became life and the the Word lived among us and the Word is truth and it, it brings us eternal life. Um... So how do you profess, my notes got mixed up, sorry. How do you profess, how do you know if they profess the word of God? You must know it. 
You must know it yourself to discern if a, a teacher, a preacher, a friend, a family member, the articles that you're reading from Facebook, um, the sermons you're li- listening to, the music um, that is t- singing about theology, about who God is, the advice you get. To discern if it is the truth, you must test it and you must measure it to the word of God. The whole of scripture. In my time of life, 28 years of life, I've seen authors, I've seen pastors, I've seen teachers who I once believed what they were saying, believed what they taught and thought that they were grounded in the truth. I've seen them one day be teaching the truth and the next say something that doesn't line up with scripture. And it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't get it. I thought these people were grounded in God's word. Right? I thought that they knew the scriptures, but then yet they're saying something completely different to the scriptures. But all I know is that we must test everything daily. We must test the messages that, that we are hearing about our doctrine. We must discern and test and measure everything for our faith according to God's word. And in order to do this, we need to know God's word. So is what is being taught of the world or is it of the word? Are they adding to the word of God? Are they, are they saying something that's not backed by scripture or are they subtracting from God's word saying that, uh, you know, taking things out that fits their doctrine or trying to uh, mold scripture to fit what they believe? If so, then it is anti-Christian teaching. It is the spirit of error. John's very black and white. He's very, uh, this is truth. This is error. This is from God. This is not from God. So do you know God's word? Are you in God's word? Do you listen to God's word? Do you memorize God's word? What did I, what did I say would be a great memory verse in this passage? Yeah, yeah. Little children, you are from God. You have overcome them. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Know God's word. God's word is truth. And we must test what we are taught doctrinally and what we hear to God's word, to what the apostles taught us and what we have learned from the beginning. So we Know the word that the apostles, they, they heard, they saw, they touched. Know the truths of scripture. And if you know God's word, you will be able to listen to it and receive it. The sheep, the sheep, they hear his voice. And the spirit in you enables you to discern his own voice taught in God's word. And then here in this verse, there's a, there's a community aspect as well. So we as a church, we're supposed to encourage one another in God's word. We're supposed to teach one another in God's word. Walk alongside one another, showing them the truths of scripture. Pointing them to the truths of scripture. Pointing them to Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. 
in the Spirit, He enables you to confess that the Word became life and lived among us. And the Word is truth. And the Word brings us eternal life. Some of you, you may be teaching or you may be believing something other than Jesus Christ. And if the Lord has shown you that today, I want you to go to him. I want you to turn from that teaching, to repent of that belief. And I know that he's there, he's waiting, that he's going to forgive you. I want you to go to his throne of grace and ask for forgiveness and turn to start to know God's word, to start to know his truth and ask the spirit to illuminate the scriptures for you, to reveal the truth about God. See, you cannot be saved by a false gospel. You can't be saved by a false gospel. Only the true gospel of Jesus Christ and his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection will save you. Confessing that Jesus Christ came in the flesh who lived among us. That he gives us this grace upon grace, this grace upon truth by taking your burdens and nailing them to the cross and him defeating death and is now seated with the Father. And in church, I want you to continue to test others' teachings. Continue to give yourself the most important test of your life on a daily basis, consistently, to ask, do they confess that Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh? Do they possess the Holy Spirit? Do they profess God's word? And John, he closes this passage out, and he says, it is by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So before I close us in prayer, I'm actually going to, we're going to end a little differently. Before the band comes up during my prayer, I want to end with a doxology. Uh, at the end of Jude, he, he gives a doxology, and I want us all to, to stand. So if you would, please stand with me. And I want you to read this aloud with me. It is encouraging, and I think it fits exactly with this. But it speaks of a God who is able to keep us from stumbling. A God who is present with you, who lives with you, who has defeated and overcome these false teachers. And know that that God, that he's in you. So we're going to read this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now forever. Amen. Father, your word Your word in Jude, it states, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Spirit, I I pray this for our people in this room today, that you will continue to build them up in their faith and keep them in the love of God until Jesus Christ returns to take us home. 
And I pray that they will share this with those who do not know you. That you are able to keep us from stumbling. You have overcome. And let our praise be to the only God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.